1: Lucky Lefty Podcast, Anora Boys in the Building, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anurahwhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, anurahwhiskey.com. If you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so.
2: Responsibly.
1: Apple Podcast, Spotify, audio edibles each and every day. Lock in YouTube. Subscribe, share, hit the notification bell every time we go live or we'll post something you'll know. And then that thumbs up, smash it for us. We appreciate you.
2: Yeah, we stacking them up now. We about what forty, what forty one hundred subscribers almost.
1: Yeah, we lost a subscriber this weekend because they didn't like the way you went at uh our Canadian linebacker recruit left. Oh
2: my gosh! I never said he was a bad player. Good grief! <laughs> That's okay. We gonna we gonna get the Canadian support real soon, man. It's all good.
1: <laughs> Well, heck, they have about six Canadian kids on the squad right now. I mean, we don't have a choice, man.
2: I don't know. I don't know if we're to the Dallas Mavericks or what.
1: Ah, Dallas Mavericks or the OKC Thunder. Well played. Well played. Shout out to, uh, did you see what the Chiefs put up on social media? No, what they do? Pick, they put up um, a famous quote from The Wire. When you come at the kingdom, you best not miss. I was like, well played. I shook my head and said that was well played.
2: It was well played, but it just shows you how impactful one play one game playoffs are. And, it, and it's like, when you're taking who's the best in a vacuum, it's going to be hard to beat Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid one time. When they got weeks to prepare and all this other, it's like, that's, that makes it tough. It, it, it definitely makes it tough.
1: I'm glad we're going to hop into that, but we're going to also talk about Notre Dame wide receiver recruiting, man. They had eight offers over the last, what, 10 days? Go out to new wide receivers, new wide receivers on the board, Battle of Miami camp this weekend i got brian smith was down there covering it that's connected to CFB nation and then you also have ryan roberts who's locked in and myself on notre dame recruiting great news for notre dame about one particular wide receiver we're going to talk about that and notre dame is trending with another receiver that's a new offer so one of the older offers is trending well One of the newest offers is trending well. We'll talk about that coming up soon. But, left, we're the home of the misguided passion. So you already know. What are we about to do? We're about to spin it. Different. And as we always say, we're smoking. What's Smoking brought to you by Fashion Geek. AlonzoJackson.com. Fashion Geek we run the city shout out to them how they collab with us and helped us to design some of our stuff that's going to be dropping later on this evening on our store over at lucky Dot com. we will have these hats and the hats are going to take a little bit longer left that's right yeah that's these right joints, uh these joints take a little bit longer but we can't wait to launch that, man. let put it out on social media, man. I'm super excited. So here we go, Lev. Well, smoking is what took place in championship weekend. You said something that's very profound, Lev. I never played the game, Lev. You know what stood out to me this weekend? What stood out? Winning. It's hard as hell in football, bro. Winning is hard as hell, bro. It just is, man. Getting to that point to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. is hard as hell. I know it's been since 1988. I know most Notre Dame fans would probably feel like, dude, we should have had a championship by now. Getting Notre Dame back to that point not an easy task, Lev. We had an all-time great retire from coaching because he flat out said, yo, this is becoming hard, man. It's becoming much harder and much more stressful than it's been originally or been previously. Winning is hard, man. And like you said, Lev. It comes down to moments. That's why so you can go 60 minutes, and the 60 minutes comes down to two or three moments, man. That's, that's frustrating, bro. That's frustrating. And for, think about the Buffalo Bills, right? Because Patrick Mahomes becomes one of three quarterbacks to get to four Super Bowls. Not four Super Bowls. I think to get the three Super Bowls in four years or something like that. I forget been, the stats. He's been starting for six years and every year. <laughs> yeah, every year he's been to the championship game. And he's in four Super Bowls. But it's him, Jim Kelly, and Tom Brady. I believe, that have been to Super Bowls three out of four years. That's crazy, bro. That's absolutely crazy. But you said something that I want you to tap in on. It's not because we go quarterback crazy when it comes to winning. They have a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. Possibly. They have a Hall of Fame head coach, Hall of Fame tight end, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame defensive tackle. And you know what? This is the kicker, left. You go back over the last six years, all of them seem to show up in big moments. That's the crazy thing, left. You know how rare it is to get everybody to show up in big moments? Somehow, someway. The Kansas City Chiefs get Spags to show up in big moments. Andy Reid shows up with great play calling in big moments. Patrick Mahomes shows up. Travis Kelsey shows up. Chris Jones shows up. They all show up in the biggest moments, dude. And that's what we talked about last week with Notre Dame, right? Who's going to show up in the big moments? That jumped out to me from yesterday, bro. Brock Purdy plays a terrible first half, but when the moment arises, he showed up for the second straight week. Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff could literally, like, this is funny. We can literally say the same thing about Jared Goff's performance yesterday that we said about Josh Allen's performance the week before, when people were like, Josh Allen's team didn't help him. His receivers dropped passes. Da, 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 da. I have yet to hear one national person on TV say the same thing about Jared Goff. You see how many drop passes the Lions had in the second half? Jared Goff played a fantastic game. Fantastic game. But nobody's coming to his defense the same way. That just shows you, man, the nuance, the fragility of the game of football. And it's hard to win, man. It's hard to win. And it's going to be hard for Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame to get to that mountaintop, bro. It's, It's not about to be an easy task. Do I think they can get there? Absolutely. Something else that jumped out to me this weekend. Somebody brought up Andy Reid and all of the bitch. Winning is not something you inherit. Winning, is yeah. winning is something that you learn.
2: That's you right. Learn yeah. It makes it it hard because now you have to think of it in a vacuum. Like you said, nobody's going to give Jared Goff the benefit of the doubt that his receivers didn't play well with him because you're going against a guy and Brock Purdy and a team that you're not supposed to beat anyway. So outside of it being something quote-unquote miraculous, I find it hard that, you know, it's one of those spoiled things. Like if you don't go out there and just play absolutely perfect, you're just not going to get the credit. That's why Jalen Hurts is going through what he's going through. He lost to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Everybody said he played great. And then the next year, it just wasn't the same. So it's hard to repeat when you miss that opportunity. Like Dan Campbell said perfectly, we may never get the chance again. He said And that. he's absolutely
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was you say what you want to say about Dan Campbell and his coaching decisions. He That's is the a truth, very, he's a very honest individual, man. He played the game, and he knows. He was right. Like, yo, you don't just get to this spot. You don't just get to this spot. It's hard, man. It's hard just to get to this point. And we may never get back to this point again. But we're going to keep trying. And we're going to stay just as aggressive. And I disagree with a couple of – look, I'm always about taking the points, left, Always. I thought Andy Reid made a mistake early in the game, not taking the points.
2: Before a guy to tell you that we may never get to this spot again, just showed you that he was trying to risk it all, go for the goal.
1: Go for the gusto, Mm
2: -hmm. like you like to
1: say. Yeah, he absolutely was. He absolutely was. And that's something that left. Take a step back. Marcus Freeman was a first-time head coach at the University of Notre Dame. Just think about that, Les. Think about how steep that learning curve was going to be. He wasn't the first-time head coach at Grand Valley State. He wasn't the first-time coach at the University of Dayton or Toledo. He immediately stepped in because you have to learn as a first-time head coach no matter where you are. You have to learn how to be a head coach. He had to learn how to be a head coach under the spotlight and scrutiny of Notre Dame. That's not the easiest task. And I'm not saying that to forgive because it's still look, Marshall, Stanford, unforgivable. I don't care what year you're in, unforgivable. 10 men on the field against Ohio State, unforgivable. Losing to Louisville the way you lost to, You going for it on fourth down in your own territory, panicking like that, unforgivable. But it just goes to show what you said about Andy Reid, Pat, that combination. The players just don't have to step up. The coaches have to step up as well. Yeah,
2: the way they played the Ravens, it was one of those games where you just had
1: to do everything right because
2: they're just going to make everything hard. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just have a turnover because you might not get the ball back. The first half they had the ball for nine minutes. Kansas City had the ball for 20 minutes. That's just a matter of making it count when you get the football. And that's unfortunately not how the Ravens play. After that turnover, uh that sack fumble by Ronnie, I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long day.
0: Because Kansas Patrick Mahomes is going They
2: didn't even score after that. It's the effect that they had on it though.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's just the okay, you didn't score, but it's more, it's more plays on the defense. There's less time for Lamar to get in rhythm. Patrick Mahomes plays a certain way. I tweeted this yesterday. He plays a certain way to where you just can't, not that you can't mess up, but you got to go get the points. You know, you can't kick no field goals because when he gets on there, he's going to get an attempt and a shot at the end zone. So psychologically that challenges you because every time he's going for at least a shot to the end zone.
1: Shout out to Travis Kelsey, man. All-time leading receptions leader and touchdown leader in postseason history. Him and Patrick Mahomes also became the all-time pass tom- catching, pass, pass catching combo. In six years left, they did it. All time postseason wide receiver quarterback combo and receptions. In six years left. That only happens when you get rid of all your stars around you. (laughs) Bro, that look, and some what did we say two weeks ago, left before he was about to play Josh Allen? You better you if you allow him to get to the Super Bowl with this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs, you are creating a monster. You are creating you are creating a dude that is going to walk. Because what he now he has proven not only to others, but to himself. I can walk into you. I'll walk into your building and snap your heart. He's heartless, man. He's heartless. And I loved it. All the pregame stuff that was going on, the DBs going at it between both teams. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the pregame stuff. I loved it. Travis, Travis I loved Kelsey it. throwing Justin Tucker stuff out of the ends. I'm like, okay. This is, yeah, we're about to get a game. We're about to get a game. But the game of football is hard. Bro. For somebody, that to me, because as a fan, you can get caught up, you can see things. But how did he drop this? How did he drop that? Da, 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 da. How did Kendall Vildor not intercept that ball and let it bounce off his head? And Brandon Ayoub catches it. That was a day. for both players. That was not an easy thing.
2: But then also, you get to see you get to see coaching in a vacuum. You can't. You're not looking at the record. You're looking at one game, your best coaching against my best coaching, and it was a clear difference in the Ravens and and um, and Chiefs game when it came to that. Todd Munkin just acted as if he didn't know how to call a game for Lamar or adjust or anything. Six runs. Six.
1: Six runs. I think they said that this goes to the coaching point. You said Spags, Steve Spagnuolo, used six different personnel groups on defense left, six different mixtures, and gave the Ravens looks. That how many times did you see Lamar line up? It had to happen at least five times. Lamar lined up under center. The Chiefs did something, and he immediately went back to shotgun and checked out of the play. It was like whatever they picked up, whatever tendency they picked up, they said this is what they do. When they see this or when Lamar sees this, they go to the pass instead of the run. And Spags was able to mess with Lamar's mind and confuse him. And at least five different times, he's under center, and under center, I'm pretty sure it's either play. You know, majority of times, it's going to be a run play. And Lamar went to a pass play. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. There's so many ways to win a football game, left, right? There's so many There's ways, There's so right. many ways to win a football game. Somebody in the chat said it. Uh, Irish Guardian not says, I thought the AFC game would be more exciting than it was just dominance from the Chiefs. Look, what you saw is you saw the Chiefs say, and you saw Patrick Mahomes say, we are going to jump out on these teams and force them to have to beat our defense. People forget it was they said it yesterday during the game. Chiefs defense has not given up over 24 points all season. Over, That's true. All, all season. Four. They had given up a sack either on offense. 27. I'm sorry. Well, they gave up one yesterday. Finally, in the fourth quarter, uh, Patrick Mahomes was sacked. But Patrick Mahomes, in the last two postseasons, and six games, had zero interceptions left. Zero. Something else you talk about the quarterback position. You can lose the game faster than you can win it in football especially at the quarterback position you can lose the game early you can't win the game early you had and Patrick Mahomes was fantastic early and then they just went into game management mode and leaned on their defense bro leaned on their defense we have to be fair left we need to have a Lamar. Hey, I, I've had a Dak conversation. I've had Josh Allen conversation. We need to have a Lamar conversation this morning. We have to. A Lamar
2: conversation? What's the oh, conversation?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He What's didn't the get conversation? It done. He didn't get it done. He had a bad game. It, I, that, means, not, that means he did not get it done, correct? It would be fair. If we're gonna say the same thing about Dak and the same thing about Josh Allen, he didn't get it done. Now no, all fairness, we have to. In all fairness, you know, I understand that they're facing the Michael Jordan of the air, of this <laughs> era. That's, That's a huge contributing factor now. Yeah, absolutely. They are except the for Joe Burrow. Except for Joe Burrow. That Phillip, Joe Burrow facing, got a better record. They are facing the Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan of the NFL era. That's what they're facing. But well, we cannot put Lamar and them other two in the same sentence because
2: we're talking about an MVP multiple versus two guys who that. had done it. What?
1: I don't care about that. Come on, I don't man. care about that. Come on, man. Had a moment. Didn't get it I done. love
2: how people discredit
1: MVPs when it comes to Lamar. Now it don't matter. MVP, the dis- best player I- of the league don't matter. I didn't discredit that. It is no longer the regular season. It is the postseason. He had an opportunity and he failed. He failed. We're gonna talk about that interception. It was clearly contact
2: before he even
1: left, the ball. Left, left. As a quarterback, you gotta be better than that. You know that was a horrible decision. It wasn't he a great was, decision, but it's supposed to have a flag behind it. All right. I agree. The ball wasn't was a great decision. decision. The ball was late. And five yards short. That's why there was no flag. The ball was so short that the two people in coverage didn't even pick it off. It was a third guy coming across that picked it the off. Two
2: That's people in coverage. The two people in coverage didn't pick it off because they were tackling the receiver.
1: Because the ball was late and short. You can't tackle the receiver. He had no chance at that, that ball. Left. If it was a better, he ball, had no chance
2: was... because they prevented him from coming back to the football because he yeah. was tackling him. I agree, it was, agree that it was a bad decision though. You laid no down way. the middle. It was an even worse throw. Yeah, you late down the middle. That's that's inexcusable. You late down the middle. However, yeah. if we're talking about a foul call, definitely deserved it. Because you can't, even though it was a bad, it was late. You can't. You can't impede on the receiver by tackling him, making an effort for the football. That's all I'm saying. That's the rule. But it's in terms of just making a terrible decision, yeah, you were late down the middle, and you were frustrated because you know you was late down the middle, and it got picked off. Well, conversation in terms of what? What conversation are we having? Lamar averages more wins than both of those bums on the other side do, so I don't know. He didn't win in the
1: playoffs, bro. Dak didn't win, Josh Allen didn't win. Okay, he hasn't won previously in the playoffs. This ain't the this is not the first time he's failed in the
2: playoffs. We're talking, to, are we talking him winning the Super Bowl or are we talking him advancing in the playoffs? Because if this is a advancing question, Dak has way more criticism. They lost first round. Josh Allen missed the window. That that's worse. That's oh, worse. We talking about AFC Championship game. Okay, you lost the AFC Championship. Pat Mahomes lost the AFC Championship game and won the next year.
1: Listen to what she just said. <laughs> to what, Mar- just said. <laughs> what? The fact that you threw Pat Mahomes lost in the AFC Championship game twice. Yeah. <laughs> and won the next. It's, you know, his three losses in the postseason. <laughs> All, All the AFC, AFC games. games. One in the Super Bowl and two in the AFC Championship. <laughs> Lamar has okay. the divisional round
2: twice. What? Okay, Lamar has been to the playoffs three times. He was hurt one of them. He was hurt one of them. The other time he, he started over Joe Flacco, his first his rookie year, he wasn't ready. And then the year he's ready, they lost. He didn't play great, but he was in the AFC championship game. Josh Allen ain't sniffed one. So so
1: Josh Allen lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. He wasn't sniffing a Super Bowl anytime soon.
2: He had to leave with 13 seconds. What do you mean? It's
1: about wins and losses. Because we can play some magics all day. Bro, I don't know how much more you can sniff the Super Bowl being up with 13 seconds left.
2: But think about this, too. I always compare Josh Allen to Mark Sanchez. Am I wrong or am I still right? Left, now you know it. Mark
1: back to here. back There's AFC no championship.
2: Wait a minute. Back to back AFC championships, better defense, all of that. All the kid
1: caboodles. Let me Where where was Josh Allen born? Josh Allen had to be born in Canada, dude. He had to be. No, Josh Allen, I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: Comparison. Okay, Dak. We could talk, we just talking okay, Dak. Wait a minute. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen
1: was born in man, he was actually born in California. I didn't know that.
2: I didn't know that either. Yeah,
1: he was born in uh Never heard of this city. Fireball, California.
2: No wonder why he went to Wyoming. I ain't never heard of that either. (laughs) But I'm just saying, we're comparing the three. And the three's resume, I'd much rather go with Lamar's because you're going to win. You're going to get to the playoffs. You're possibly going to MVP. Dak's not giving you the MVP. He's giving you empty calories. Josh Allen is letting you down worse than the girl that you really wanted to be with that didn't want to be with you. Josh Allen is way more over, overhyped than the other two. Well, Dak's not better than the other two, talent-wise. Dak just fails the expectations of the, the best team and you know, the most expected to win team in the league. He just doesn't meet those qualifications. That's way worse. Mm. That's way worse. Baltimore, Baltimore is way worse than. I mean, uh Buffalo is way worse than Baltimore because Buffalo has this overinflated sense of self that they really think they got the answer with Josh Allen. And Josh Allen continually continuously doesn't win any awards and doesn't win any Super Bowls. So, what is the, the the hype about? Yeah, he's a good quarterback, but just good enough to get to the playoffs. We're not talking about a guy that they tried to show Tom Brady and Peyton Manning Rivalry like Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes is the most disrespectful thing in the world. If I was Pat Mahomes, I'd be like, look, don't be putting that that
1: ad up like they're comparable. i will be whooping no on Josh Allen. He has no rival. Joe Burrow is his rival. Patrick Mahomes has no rival. Joe Burrow's 3-0. and Joe Burrow ain't even close to Patrick Mahomes. He's he 3-0 and versus Pat. He's not even close to Patrick Mahomes. So him not, not him beating Pat 1-1 one one is Left. not, don't mean that. Left, answer this question honestly. Honestly, leh. Honestly, if Patrick Mahomes had Joe Burrow's wide receiver core, what would happen?
2: Tell the truth, leh. Joe Burrow don't have a tight end, so I
1: don't know. Here we we go. Lucky Lucky Podcast. podcast. Let's Let's finish to Notre Dame. And what they're trying to build, Because most people feel like in 2024, they have a great chance to win. Riley Leonard comes in. Bo Collins comes in. Chris Mitchell comes in. We expect the offense to take the next step. But just how difficult is that next step that you're talking about, left? Because for us, as fans, we're like, okay, we got the talent. You played the game. You played the position. You played at Notre Dame. Going from being a 10-win team to a team that can win big moments and in big moments, how large of a gap is that and how difficult is it really going to be for Notre Dame to do that?
2: It'll be difficult. I think uh, just because you can't quantify team chemistry. Can't quantify or guesstimate how well a team can come together in a year when there's guys coming from all over the place. So that would be the biggest challenge for me is how how fast. And you and you'll see it in practice. You know, it's one of those eye test things. You can't really say, okay, we got team chemistry. It's one of those things where, okay, Riley has a natural connection with Chris Mitchell. Just, they, just, they just hook up in practice. Okay, cool. We see some potential. Oh, okay, red zone, he uses – uh, Bo Collins really well. Okay, we got Jaden Thomas. So it's just a chemistry thing that I think only happens through adversity, so we can't really tell until we get in those situations. So in practice, for Marcus Freeman to push the team for game situations more to kind of get a feeling for what, who to go to, who should be the go-to guys, and what plays and stuff we should be focused on, I think that's where the, the key to the season is, is game situations in practice. Because right now, you know, from a paper standpoint – We got a lot of talent and we can win. But the chemistry is what we can't see on paper. And that's something that has to develop through Marcus Freeman, but also the guys that are coming in having an urgency on getting that chemistry and realizing the
1: importance of it. You talk about that chemistry. Does that include the coaching staff? Because as I said before, like, yo, the combination of Spags and Andy Reid, you know, Steve Wilkes. And Kyle Shanahan, you're talking about two great combinations of play calling on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I thought Ben Johnson for Detroit, man, he got himself a head coaching job yesterday because his game plan, especially early on against the 49ers, was absolutely fantastic. So what's the step? How difficult in his third season, along with the rest of his coaching staff, how difficult of being great in those moments how difficult is that going to be for Marcus Freeman and his staff? Yeah, because it's, it's the
2: season's based on moments. So you're just waiting for those moments to come. And when they do, it's a matter of accomplishing it or not. And moments that Marcus Freeman has had in his short career so far, we've had unimpressive moments. The Ohio State moment. That's just a no matter what you call that, you'll never forget that. In that moment, you didn't know that there was 10 players on the field on the most two important, crucial plays of the game. That's just like, those are moments that, yeah, you learn from. But those are some hard lessons to learn as well. And you ain't got too many hard lessons like that at a place like Notre Dame to be taken on. So challenges like that, hopefully we don't have the same type of mistakes. But those are only going to come, like Marcus Freeman said, he – now you're going to hindsight prepare as if those situations happen. But, you it's, you know, you just can't let those happen again. Losing Marshall can't let that happen again. Letting Stanford and David Shaw beat you at home for the last time before he retires, those are moments. So, Marcus Freeman can only make moments, which I think can overshadow these previous moments in the playoffs. Because you'll remember playoff games now. Yeah, Marshall in week two of your second year as a head coach, That can be forgotten. If you follow it up with a crazy couple playoff runs, a championship, you know, we do some unexpected things in the playoffs that holds more weight. And I think those moments will make Marcus Freeman a better coach, but also challenge the young guys on the team to step up in terms of being big time players. Right now we got players that are really good, but we don't know who is a big time player until we get in those, in those positions.
1: Do you feel like, Mike Denbrock brings that credibility for big moments. Like, do you, do you feel like that's an automatic upgrade for Notre Dame offensively in big games and big moments with just the presence of Mike Denbrock being the play caller and preparing for those big games? Uh, I think
2: Mike Denbrock gives you the opportunity for the best players on the team to have moments in the game. Like, he's not going to be throwing it to Jordan Faison with the money on the line. He probably going to call something for Chris Mitchell. Not that Jordan Faison can't do it. I just I have to keep putting that disclaimer out there. But to say that he's going to go to his guys, I guarantee you Rico Flores wouldn't be in the game catching that touchdown against Ohio State of Denbrock. We would have had our senior guy. You know, we would have had the more – commonly understood. Now, we going back on hindsight history. We see why Rico was in there. You mm-hmm. know, there's a little bit of favoritism going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't think Dembrock is going to be that same type of guy. I think he's he, he's going to identify the, the go-to guys, and he's not going to shy away from them in the big moments, and that gives us the chance to have X-Factors, the chance to see those, those award-winning talented players
1: make plays in those moments we need them. When Marcus Freeman first got to know the Dame. This is what he had to say left about identity. I told him this today in the team meeting is that I have a vision and
2: identity I want for our team. And that's to be a team that can run the ball and stop the run, right? I wanna, I believe in our O-line and our D-line being the foundation of our team. And so um, I'm excited to see if that can become our identity. That's my vision. Um, I also wanna see a team that's aggressive. You know, that's one of our mantras: challenge everything. What does that mean? It means be aggressive. Do not play timid. Do not play scared. Think outside the box offensively and defensively, schematically. Be 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 okay
1: with taking chances. Left, does Marcus Freeman, LL question of the day, does, does he need to change his identity to win the big one at Notre Dame? You heard what he just said. I think being aggressive
2: is the best point he's made. But at the end of the day, man, it's just just moments. I think his philosophy could have won the Ohio State game. But the problem came down in the moments. The game plan was fine. Mm. Would I have went with that particular game plan? Maybe not. But there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. So I'm not saying that Marcus Freeman's way of doing it is wrong. But it comes down to the memorable moments in which you get confronted with. And that's what Marcus Freeman has to do better at. Not the philosophy. You can tell the philosophy has some effect because look at the program, look at the recruiting, look at, you know, the the hope around the program. So his philosophy works fine. Marcus Freeman as the coach is something that you gain in experience, but also it's alleviated when you have guys around you that's been there, done that. That's what the whole point of having that next level uh, right-hand man, those offensive analysts around those guys that you'd be like, man, wasn't you just a head coach? Now you just hanging around. Yeah, those guys. That's where they come in at to help you get over the curve. Because right now you're taking lumps as Mm -hmm. a young guy where you're spinning your wheels, but you're not realizing sometimes it's it's about who you have around you, too, to help you make those moment decisions.
1: You know what, Lev? That makes me think about, because you brought up the Ohio State game. There's a bit of, you know, false aggression here. Because Marcus Freeman constantly talks about being aggressive. And he's been aggressive, similar to Matt Campbell, fourth down situations. You know, like I said, Louisville going for it on fourth down. Yeah, that's just silly. That's, that's or, silly aggressive, you know, like. You see okay. that, but then you're passive offensively, though. You're exactly. Ag- exactly yeah. so it's, it's really a false aggression because you give the sense, like, oh, we're going to be aggressive. We're going for it. But then we look at your offense and it's like, yeah. You no, know, but, but when yeah, it,
2: goes, when it goes to the. It's an identity mixed with strategy. Your philosophy makes sense. Be physical, run the ball, dominate, be aggressive. But the strategy of doing that is by running the football to the air runs out. No, no. You can be aggressive and dominant and strategize, but also be volatile and intimidating as well. That means you can throw the football. You can have some trick plays that, are, that throw people off. You can do many different things in terms of a creative aspect and a strategy aspect. But physical endowments isn't just one part of the game and that's just running the football. That's it's more than that. So yeah, Margaret Freeman has the right idea, but when it comes to executing, you can be aggressive doing some of the similar things that you would think isn't aggressive. I think people think passing as a finesse thing, yeah. But you can put the pressure on the team by passing the football because you can <laughs> get up a lot of yards real quick. So That's the approach Marcus Freeman has to advance himself on because I'm sure as a linebacker, he's only thinking aggressiveness and stopping the run and running and stopping two gaps and, you know, meeting guys in the hole. But a passive offense is one that is only one dimension.
1: And that's what we've been in these big games one dimension. And that's why we said he has to learn the other side of the football, right? Because if you don't learn the other side of the football then you don't know really how to what is complementary football for you because complementary football is not the same for everybody it's not like andy Reid as a play caller was much more aggressive when he didn't have a top three defense now that he has a top three defense he's more willing to allow his play calling to be geared more towards game management and that defense. And that right there is something that we have to keep in mind with coaches. Marcus Freeman, as I said, it's almost like, you know, he gives the perception of, yo, I'm going to be aggressive. But then the offensive game plans, especially against certain teams, it's like, yo, why are we being so passive against Ohio State? You can watch the All-22 and say, okay, Sam had opportunities. He didn't pull the trigger. We can talk about the end of the game. Why is Aldrich not on the field? Why are we getting cute? Jared Parker trying to throw screens at the best defensive lineman. Like all of these different things. But at the end of the day, <coughs> this goes back to identity, which Marcus Freeman talked about. What's, what's your identity? You know what the identity because we could talk about Andy Reid, how fabulous he is, love. You know the reason? Because I personally would have run the ball, left, allowed the clock to run down, put, and it would have said, yo, defense, we're going to lean on you all one more time. As great as that defense was, who did Andy Reid choose to close the game with? But, but he, he could did. have handed the ball off a third straight time and he said nope Pat cut their heads off. Oh oh yeah for sure. He, well, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. yeah, absolutely. He doesn't, absolutely. If, he doesn't make that call if his, his quarterback is not Pat. Like he made that call because he had Pat.
2: Michael Pennick versus Oregon State. What'd they do? Throw a back shoulder to win. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. On <Throw>, four. <laughs> throw a back shoulder. You're not calling that if you don't got Romo Duze and and Michael Penix on your team? Mm-hmm. I mean, like how he's like, look, I know Oregon State was kicking themselves in the butt. They like we did everything perfect, but they got Michael Penix and Romo Dusey. That back shoulder is unguardable. Mm-hmm. Game over. Nothing you can do. Yeah, we don't have that factor at Notre Dame. We gotta, man, we have to play a full sixty. Everybody gotta do their job, and hopefully, eight other team mess up. Yeah. And in big games, we can't keep thinking that the defense is going to close it out. I just don't think that's just the strategy we should go with. That's not being aggressive to me. Being aggressive is trying to score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're, not, you're not being aggressive playing keep away. You're not. Yeah. Even, even Pat Mahomes, they play a keep away to an extent, but they had opportunity to score. They just want to get a really good
1: defense that was stingy. Oh, dude, how about Trey Smith, goofy self at the end of the first half, costing him seven points? On two consecutive penalties. Oh, them, the Ravens are like the inner city team that can never beat the suburban
2: team in the playoffs because they just <laughs> always have the dumbest, over aggressive penalties. You're like, Jadavion, why are you headbutting the dude? Oh, that one was, time, uh, one time the dude literally punched Mahomes. Like, it was, I, I get he flopped me a little bit, but you hit him square in the face, like. All the way, all the way a penalty. (laughs) And they slowed it down. They just got you clubbing him like unnecessarily,
1: unnecessary penalties, unnecessary. Oh, we can say this. We cannot go any further without saying this. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. That dude, 14 for the Ravens. Yeah, he's like that. He's like that.
2: Bruh. He's all the way. Drew Drew played well, too, now. Yeah, the Drew, was on the Drew on his stuff, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Drew, Drew. It's really out. crazy. Drew got better after leaving college. <laughs> Drew got better after leaving San Diego or L.A.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that. You know that usually doesn't happen. You know what I mean? He was he was you know injured coming out. And it only got better. So, I mean, combined with situation and Drew being who he is, man, shout out to Drew, man. He played really, really well, plays better. Maybe he got spags and you on Patrick Mahomes' team, that makes you look a little bit better. But, man, you have – I mean, play middle linebacker. He was playing safety. Now he playing middle, holding it down. Drew's killing it. And then Kyle, obviously, you know, Kyle just is a freak, man. He's just very instinctual. The man is everywhere.
1: And it's good to see Notre Dame translating the league, for sure. That's the importance of depth, right? Because, dude, they were down. People are talking about injuries for teams. Dude, that defense played without three starters yesterday. Yeah, Willie Gay. Willie Gay. Willie Gay, uh, uh, uh Brian J- Cook. Didn't play. J- Brian, Cook J- didn't play. Brian Cook, the star safety, didn't play. And I'm missing somebody else. But they did have Justin Reed and they did oh, have man. Chris
2: Jones. Yeah. <laughs> they did have those two dudes now. It's not but I don't I don't look at injuries the same in the NFL like I do in college because in the NFL all them dudes getting paid. So as a backup, you supposed to be you supposed to be right there healthy you know. Now you may yeah. not be like the, the Tyreek Hill, you know, but still you adequate enough to help win a football game if you are in the league. Now college is totally different. Like if you missing your starting tackle your quarterback and a receiver you're not going to win not against no team that's just as good if not better you know
1: just the depth thing is a huge thing in college especially with the transfer portal everything's changed people teams are not as deep as they used to be they're not lucky lefty podcast so before we switch over to recruiting In the grand scheme of things, what are the three things you need to see during the regular season? Because let's be honest. There is no – I want to make sure I properly convey this. There is no we're over the hump litmus test on Notre Dame's schedule in the regular season. Right. Thing that that is a win over Louisville does not prove that you're ready to there's, win. The, there's no, the yeah, there's no win in the regular season where I'm no. like, oh
2: yeah, we've made the turn yeah. difference.
1: Yeah. So this season literally comes down to you cannot Notre Dame cannot miss the playoff this season. That is, that's not that's not even a question. No, that's not even a question. That's failure. That's flat-out failure if they miss the playoffs. But are there things that you can see that will make you feel better about Notre Dame, the players, and the coaching staff being ready for the moment when it does arise, even though there is no true litmus test game?
2: I just think you want to see a consistency. You don't want to see us having fifty eight point performances versus pitt. and then a week later against a similar style of team, we scored twelve, fourteen, right? That doesn't make me feel good about situational football because we like to pick and choose. you know we not we're playing to the competition, not you know where our standard is. So seeing a consistency, obviously it's maybe a a little unrealistic, but we need to have a nice point total. you know, 35 plus a game needs to be the the standard. Because anything less against the schedule we all think we should beat doesn't make me feel good about situational football against teams that may be just as good. So that's an indicator for me. And then I don't know, man. It's just hard when all these games were slated to win, or at least in my mind, I don't see it. I, just think, I think teams
1: are getting up more for us
2: than we are for them.
1: I think the offense will be it for me, Left The consistency, right. like you said. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because think, I don't I think, think we'll be in a, I just can't see a shootout scenario with a particular team, you know, Because if it is, I just think that's an issue. You know, it's not a, oh, this is just a hard fall game. I legitimately think that we're better on paper Mm -hmm. than all the teams that we're playing, considering the things that they have to go through in the offseason. You know, Florida State fighting with Congress. (laughs) Damn near right (laughs) now. They got, (laughs) you know, Elko trying to do, trying to figure out what to do with all that NIL money down there. You know. So other teams got bigger fish to fry than just be thinking, oh, we play Notre Dame, let's get up. And So because of those circumstances, I think we go into the season more equipped with a foundation of who we are, what we're doing, what we're recruiting. We're not big turnover changes like Alabama or half of the programs now. We're not transitioning no huge thing like a new conference like USC and UCLA and Texas and Oklahoma. We are – very consistently riding the wave into a year where we can actually look back and say we took steps and not steps backwards. I don't see too many steps backwards this offseason like I did the year before. If anything, we're on even footing just looking for the next level up. A lot of teams are trying to get back even, find equilibrium, find some balance, get their recruiting together, get their roster right. All we're doing is just managing and just crafting until it's time to go out there and play. So that puts us in a good position for spring. Now let's not shoot ourselves in the foot and make it hard by trying to do this pseudo-quarterback competition shit or not having an idea of who's the the, the the ones and twos in practice. I think just make it ones and twos until proven otherwise. That's what I think because it's a business, you know. Right. You're gonna put it's, it, When there's business and money involved, let's not – Let's not do the whole – I think it's fake to say you have to compete when you're paying guys. I <laughs> Because <You know? laughs> I think a player can develop better if you just be honest. Listen, he's making two mil. He's got to be out there. Because now it changed your mindset to, okay, they forcing you to play, so I don't have to stress over me thinking that you're not seeing my good plays.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That means both of us can win. Cause at some point, if I'm better than you, eventually they can't keep playing, even with the money. But I'm gonna be ready because I know it ain't it ain't because I'm not better or I'm not you know ready to play, which I think is a lot more honest of a conversation to have.
1: Lucky and it gives guys hot.
2: opportunity like Steve.
1: Yo, We flat out learned yesterday that it's hard (laughs) to win. It's hard to get to that level, which makes me have even more respect for what Nick Saban was able to do, what Kirby looks like he's trying to do, and for the mountain that Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman have to climb. Like, I know we all want a championship, but ladies and gentlemen, it's going to take time, B. But in a vacuum, it's, it comes down, which I love about the playoffs, it's
2: a one-game situation. One game for your life, who you taking, Pat or the field? You're taking Pat. Yeah. You're not yeah. saying, oh, if we got to go 10 games, there's more possibilities. If there's one game for your life, how do Man. you not?
1: That's why it's about stars. You got to have the right dudes. Left, this is crazy. Who, in a vacuum, who had the better, better season? The 49ers or the Chiefs? The 49ers. The Kansas City Chiefs are favored in the Super Bowl, left. Of course.
2: This the Papa
1: Home Bowl because of one dude. Because
2: one of one dude. <laughs> Remember, the man already booked his house next to the stadium before the season started. The man was building the dream home. He said, "I did the Airbnb last year. I got to take it to another. I got to build the dream house." That's he's crazy. on his Rick Ross stunt and stuff.
1: There's no one. Maybe, maybe that's the Kansas City Chiefs fan watching. There's no one that would sit here and honestly say the Chiefs had a better season. The Chiefs have an all-around better team. They don't. They don't. They have one player that's better than everybody on the other team. And Vegas is sitting there like we learned our lesson. And yeah. do you understand how much money Patrick Mahomes made Vegas yesterday? 70% of the money came in on the Ravens in that game, bro. really Vegas made a killer. Oh man. all 15 yesterday, boy. They probably they probably sent they probably gonna send him a nice package. They're gonna have to, or they'll have something waiting for him when he gets to Vegas. But, but people picking the Ravens was
2: a very, very emotional pick. Because at the end of the day, it's like, this dude is Patrick Mahomes, man. And one game for your life, as much emotion as you want Baltimore to win and the Lions to win, it comes down to who got the best player in the world. Like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> the brother was 10 for 10 in the first quarter. 10 for 10, really? In the AMC, chat, like on some like, oh, there's nothing. Travis Kelsey was ten for ten, hundred and two yards
1: in the touchdown in the first half. What are we talking? About? Dude, him, and Tra- <laughs> him and Travis Kelsey just was like, okay, <laughs> well, let's do I this.
2: Can- <laughs> and I, and I it, it sucks because you get a guy like Andy Reid on every third down. It was a wide open dude, man. Wide. I'm talking about like, oh my god, bro, like. It's like they waited to get in the third down to get this wide open play, and you like, where's the Ravens at? <laughs> where are they at, Travis? It's like it's, you know Travis Kelsey, the best player outside of Patrick,
1: and every third down, Travis
2: Kelsey is wide open.
1: No, it's like, fourth, it, hey, that fourth down throwing catch, that was just, that was just. Oh, where he just, he just flipped it up there, and he just, it, that dude became the the, the Jumpman logo. That man became, that cat Travis Kelsey became the Jumpman logo, literally.